everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm your host, Venture. This is Hannah. And we got a good one for you guys today. Go ahead and tell the people your name and where you're from. Okay, my name is Danielle Stark. I am from Miami, Florida, and currently living in Beverly Hills. Oh, I love it. Yeah, we just talked about your drive up here. Just hardest part is getting to the highway, huh? Honestly, when I was moving out of Florida and people were like, oh my God, California traffic is so bad. I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, right. Miami traffic's bad. Right. I had no idea. No. Like, I had no idea. Yeah, it's. I feel like almost mandatory to get a career here where you're not like in traffic hours. Yeah, it is. Because I have to get down to Irvine, and luckily, like I don't have to leave until 10, 11, 12 sometimes are my meetings. So it's like such a quick drive mm-hmm. versus sometimes I have to come back during like five o'clock, and it'll t- a 25 minute trip now takes like 59 minutes, yeah. an hour if there's an accident longer. It's, it's crazy, just crazy right? how desensitized you get to the traffic because um, I grew up in Sweden. And if you were to drive 45 minutes to get somewhere, that's a far drive. Like you're going to a whole different city. Like it's a whole thing. Here, driving 45 minutes, it's like you do that every day. Like It does change. Like for me, 45, same thing. 45 minutes in Florida is like you're trekking a distance. Right. You don't want to go that far. And here, 45 minutes is like the bare minimum to get to like your your friend and just the neighboring city. Right. So it is... I learned really quick here that the key to being happy in Southern California is to be in your bubble and mm. like live and work in your yeah. bubble. Yeah. Don't try to cross over and you go do all not. these other. Yeah. yeah. Do you work from home? I don't. Okay. So I've always worked, like being in the medical field, I've always been in an office mm. and it's been very inflexible historically. There's more now where you have the option to kind of like do remote telehealth, that, that kind of thing. Right. But I've never been in that position. Mm. So when the pandemic started and everyone started to shift into this different lifestyle, that kind of opened my eyes to being like, all right, well, like I want some of that. Yeah. Like, I need to change things <laughs> up a little. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Miami, Florida. My notion is that it is like California. You just have aggressive storms. Is how, how is the storm season out there? Is that something that like affects you or how is it? It affects you a lot. And I don't, I think growing up, like as a Floridian, you learn to be really, not even that you learn, like you're just bred to be like tough about it. Mm. And it is what it is. Like it's a gnarly storm when you, I feel like if you close your eyes and you think of like Ernest Hemingway, like the the dark skies like the paint the picture that he paints of like that perfect tropical storm that is what it is and then you're kind of like yeah a hurricane like it's coming it's fine yeah Yeah. but in california there's people are so scared of hurricanes which i think is so much less scary than an earthquake Mm. yeah like a big real earthquake and no one cares about the little ones Mm -mm. i mean when we had the the crazy rain that happened people were like going crazy we need the sandbags and we need this and that and i'm like it was a lot of rain i'm not i'm, I'm gonna give them that but i mean just in sweden as well like we have rain every single day right this is like this is a rainy day like it's not this is not a storm i was looking back through some of kino's old stories um he's got an instagram page that i keep up with yeah. so like follow kino the melon wall it's really <laughs> funny he's super cute but that hurricane that did come, we were the only ones on the beach. And, like, it was pretty aggressive storms, yeah. but he does not care at all. Like, he was just throwing no. frisbees, just throwing tennis balls. And yeah. he's like, dang, it's kind of rough. We got the whole <laughs> beach to ourselves. But people really were, like, sanded up and, like, boarded. And the it was whole, just... like, parking lots over there, they had, like, like the fire department came and they were handing out sandbags. It was a whole thing. And I was like, what is going on? Like, yeah. 
what are we preparing for? And the crappiest thing is just like the infrastructure. So it's not yes. the fact that it's the yeah. rain. It's just the fact that nobody wants to talk about how shitty the fucking highway is mm-hmm. and right. it gets wet and the, it just all of a sudden everything gets soggy. Well, all the buildings too are just so not that's built. Exactly. Like you don't really think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, for one, like we're renters, right? Yeah. So like you're not really thinking about it, but I had patients who were building brand new homes mm-hmm. who were having leaks and like Literally like mudslides and leaks coming up through the foundation of their homes oh, because no. the ground wasn't like mm. equipped for it. Oh, the, no. the base wasn't equipped for it. And then, yeah, like for me, when it rains in California, like that we had have, have had some more mm-hmm. significant rain. But typical California rain to me, I call it just like wet air right. because it's not <laughs> actually like raindrops. So I didn't understand why people were so like over the top cautious when they're like, you're driving somewhere, be so, so careful. (laughs) And I didn't realize it's because there's just never enough rain to like wash the oils off the road. Right. So in Florida, there's like, even like when you you walk your dog, it's like, if you don't pick it up, it's gone the next day. Mm. But here it's like, that's totally different. It stays there for like months and months. (laughs) Yeah. So it is different. Like you're definitely a product of your, your surroundings and new situations. Yeah. Like you just don't get it yet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, we were referred to you to the show by your fiance. Yeah. Obviously, shout out to him. And he explained when I asked him, like, hey, we're looking for more strong female voices who are just business owners, entrepreneurs, and they really get after it because that's sort of the way I see things a lot going on is like women within like our generation are really blowing things up like they are killing the game yeah women are owning everything here in like 20 30 years it's just one of those things where yeah exactly (laughs) it is about time and I recognize that and I come from a background where my mom was the breadwinner of the house so it's just one of those things where she unfortunately I had to see her in certain roles with her generation where she had to often code switch or kind of act beta when men are in the presence however she's the most qualified person in the entire town to ask these questions to but she has to kind of tailor it to fit like these male you know ideals don't don't want to stroke his ego too hard or don't want to offend him because then he's like that and it's just one of those things where I was always conscious of that growing up and it just made me be like no I don't really care what your gender is what your race is what your background is if you're talented go out there and make it happen right so it's like I just kind of want to hear a little bit more about the work that you do and kind of the projects that you're building on. And hopefully we can just learn a little bit more about you. Yeah, there's so much to it. So like I work in aesthetic medicine. And so that background is I went to PA school. So I'm a physician associate and I have been for 10 years now. And I was in plastic surgery primarily. And then like plastic surgery world has a lot of like the non-surgical things, the Botox, lasers, fillers, that kind of stuff. And it's so much fun. And it's funny because I was thinking like when we start this conversation, it's almost like what is what do you guys know about that industry? Because what people know versus what we know as providers are mm. really different things. Right. And there's a big difference or there's a, a lot to the psychology of the industry mm. as a whole. Right. But then also getting into the whole like being a female, being a business owner, like diving into that is a whole other level and layer of like – the psychological complexity to it. Mm. I would love to start with plastic surgery. Oh my gosh, there's so <laughs> much to it. <laughs> so I just, my take on it is obviously like, it's it seems fairly new compared to like, it seems like things are getting good now, right? Versus like 20, 30 years ago, right? 
And it's one of those things where like, I personally don't feel like I have a need for anything, but I also like the idea that if there's a young lady or a guy that is a little like, what's the word? Like insecure. The yeah. If there's it. some insecurities that they want to fix or something like that, and you have the option to do that, fucking do it. Like, yeah. I want you to feel like your best version of yourself. And I often don't feel like there should be some stigma behind it, but I also do see some people that go overboard regularly around here in right. Long Beach with just bigger isn't always better, yeah. or, you know, you have to find that line to stop at yeah. some point. So what do you think? I think for me, uh, just like with fillers or Botox, things like that, I I have considered getting like lip fillers and things like that. I just feel like if I start, I'm not going to be able to stop. Um, so I don't know like if I should even start it or if I like, not that I feel like I have to, but more of just like I would want to. And like, I know fillers like dissolve, so it's not like a permanent thing, but I don't know. I, I go in, I go like in between of like, I want to get like my boobs done or something. And then I like, um, or maybe not like it's a, it's a something that kind of like I think about every once in a while of like, do I want to do it? Do I not want to do it? But I love that it's people have the option to do it. I don't ever want to like tell anyone you shouldn't do it or you, you know, it, you, it shouldn't be an option. I think everyone just deserves to have the option to if they want to tweak something or even just like if you've been in a, like an accident, like having the reconstructive surgeries of that, of like being able to like rebuild a face. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's wild that that is even like a is thing. Is that where it started too? Like from injuries mainly or um, you think? I mean, vanity has been around since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, we've always been getting hurt and we've always wanted to be pretty. So right. like <laughs> I, there were probably, it was all of it. I'm sure. I don't really have like, the right answer for that. Yeah. Um, I never worked in like reconstructive, mm -hmm. but of course that's a major part of plastic surgery. Right. It's like, it's the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. And for me, some of the things that make me so respectful of plastic surgeons is when they've really put their time in working in mm -hmm. reconstruction. Cause if you can smash a TV and put it back together, like, you know, a thing or two. Yeah. Right. And the thing about plastic surgery is that is just as much science and medicine as it is art and creativity. Mm -hmm. You really have to have that extra, you know, you don't fit the mold approach to being able to look at something and be like, what's the balance? Where's the symmetry? Where's the overall perspective that I'm coming from of what's going to like harmonize the face and create confidence and beauty. So there's a lot to it. Um, I'm not even sure where to start in the whole realm of, of things. I want to know what things can be undone and what things cannot be undone. So you're talking about like fillers and I have such a low level of anything, right? I just see, oh, she's pretty cool. Like I have no idea <laughs> if the boobs are real or now sometimes we do see crazy BBLs and then yeah. it's like the legs don't match the thing. That stuff is fun. But like. What can be undone? What are like the main things? Kind of like that. Like, you okay, so saying? yeah, so that's a good, let's dip our toes in there. So, like, in terms of like gateway drug, people are always gonna start <laughs> with like Botox and filler, right? Mm -hmm. So, those things with Botox, it's we regard it as being so simple. Like, we do tons of it, it's very, very safe, it's medically used, it's cosmetically used. You want to go to someone who is very skilled and knowledgeable because once Botox is done, you can't undo it, but it will fade off on its own no matter what. Mm -hmm. There's no permanent Botox. Right. So it's not like you're going to be disfigured if you don't like it long term. 
but you totally can have unevenness and asymmetries and things that are negative that can come from it. But no matter what, it's going to fade away. How long does that take to fade away? It depends on the area that you're treating. Generally speaking, it's going to be three to four months. Okay. But things will really soften, like in terms of like you have an unwanted outcome, the turning point is six weeks. That's when like you'll really start to see movement change or things kind of come back. But in some places it's two to four weeks. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on what the treatment was, but it's never permanent. It will fade away. If you didn't love it, either try it again with someone different with a different approach. Don't just rule it out or, you know, you just never have to do it again. Kind of thing. When it comes to fillers, fillers are, so Botox relaxes muscle movement, which creates lines and wrinkles. So like your ability to frown or raise your eyebrows, those things soften when you get Botox. Long-term, it prevents the wrinkles and makes your skin look really nice and smooth, and you can do things like shape your eyebrows. Um, Fillers are volumizers, and so they're made of a gel that is derived from an acid that we naturally find in our body, in our joints. It's basically like a sugar-based gel that Mm. gets grown. It's, It's essentially synthetic and sterile in the lab. And you can use it for all kinds of things. Mm. So definitely like lip volume and lip shaping, or that like you had said before, someone who's been in an accident or has a deformity or an asymmetry from side to side, like the youngest patient I ever injected. And this was eight years ago, probably she was like 18, Mm. I think had been in a really bad car accident, lost a lot of volume and strength on one side of her face and was super uneven. And we injected only one side to create balance she was so much happier because mm. you hit the nail on the head. Plastic surgery, aesthetic medicine, all of it is really about finding what's going to make you feel like your most conf- confident and happy self. Right. It's not about changing to fit the mold. And I think that's where like trends really come in. And it matters, like your judgment matters, your provider's judgment matters. And it's really a relationship of finding like what's going to be best for you long term. Mm. I like that beauty trends too. I never even thought about like the kind of what's what's hot, what's in. Like you're talking about like a 90s white girl, big tits, blonde hair, right? Now you want thick hips, big butt, right? And it's just like, I wonder what the next thing's going to be. Who knows? <laughs> so like big ears are in. Everybody's got to make you, their ears big as possible. Listen, oh. it sounds so funny, but these things do come and go. Early 90s was like skinny eyebrows. Right. Like low rider jeans. Like yeah. you were... Th- you were thin, but yeah, boobies. Yeah. Boobies were on the rise. Yeah. <laughs> and then like we faded out of that. And then we had like the Kardashian era. Yeah. Like for that sure. was the next I wanna say that like in the span of my career, that was the most significant like aesthetic trend. Because you could totally pinpoint what that look is. The lashes, the lips, mm-hmm. the cheekbones, the butt, like skinny waist, big thighs. Like that is totally an aesthetic trend. Mm-hmm. And now we're falling out of it. So it's not that it's the fall of that, but in terms of undoing things, like if you do even see photos of the Kardashians, they've slimmed themselves down. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have. You know, so yeah. you can undo fat transfers. You yeah. can undo BBLs, the implants, all those things. Right. You have can you ever them. had like a, a, um, a patient that you were like, they were asking for Botox or fillers or something and you were like, mm, maybe not. Like, have you had to tell someone, no, I'm not going to do it? Yes. Yeah. And I tell people no all the time. Yeah. And it's honestly something that I'm proud of. And there's been such a shift in the industry now. 
I think maybe like eight, nine years ago, I was at a conference and the speaker said, how many of you guys tell your patients no? He gave no context. And my hand shot up. Mm. Like, I know that I tell people no. Right. It's a whole sentence in itself. And no for me with patients is if they're asking for something that medically I just don't think is justifiable or if they're asking for something that I think aesthetically is not going to be ideal because we can all have a different look, 100%. And it took me a long time to figure out in medicine what – what my niche was Mm. like I it took 10 years to get to this point and my look and my approach in medicine is like a very natural aesthetic I try to keep things as streamlined to classic beauty Mm. but I'm all for like if a patient loves a pouty lip or wants like a fuller cheekbone or sharper jawline um so yeah I'll tell patients no when I don't think it's in their best interest Mm. How do they react to that? Some patients take it really well okay. and they get it. And some get frustrated and are very quick to be like, well, then I'll find someone else. Mm. And that at that point, like having a good provider is like dating. Like if yeah. you're not a good fit, you're not a good fit. Right. Right. Which is sad sometimes. Yeah. You know? yeah. I like that. How many uh, siblings do you have? I have two older brothers. Okay. So you're the baby? I'm the baby. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what did yeah. your parents do when you guys were growing up? Um, my mom stayed home. Are they from Florida as well? Um, yeah. So they originated in New York. Um, my dad was born in Israel, came to New York. Um, and then they moved down to South Florida when he opened up a textile factory. Oh, cool. And so my dad was like early, you know, like eighties, nineties, like American dream, like immigrant child builds a factory and was creating American textiles. And that was definitely, I mean, we've gone through those changes, but like kind of watching the change of technology affect his business and needing Mm. to start to outsource and move things overseas and just try to fight with like how rapidly our country grew in the last 20 years, right? 20, 30. Uh, But yeah, so then my mom got into real estate and was kind of dabbling in things as we got a little bit older. But my dad stayed in textiles forever. Cool. And when did you move out here? Was that with your family? Was that like you went on your own? So I, I love Miami and growing up in that Miami and Los Angeles are so similar in that like, and especially like Long Beach too. Like it's a proud city. Mm. Like people who are from these cities are like, we're from this place. Like you can't mess with us. Like it, they represent so hard for their city. Um, I just got to a point where I hustled to get into my career and I, I was the youngest PA in the country at one point. So I was 23, was already working in plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. And after a few years, my dad had passed when I was in my second year of school. So I went through like just the emotional drainage of that. And then also like, I was already in a really really strong career, but my friends were still kind of in college Mm -hmm. and I felt like I didn't really have my place. And I just kept thinking if I don't put myself in situations that are going to challenge me to grow and experience things, like where am I going to go from here? And at that point I felt like I just needed to separate myself a little bit. My brothers had moved or they had started their own families and they were in different situations And so I said, I'm going to go to a place where my career is booming Mm. because it'll teach me about life. It's going to teach me about independence. It's going to teach me about my career. And we'll see what comes because I didn't want to live with any regrets. And Mm. so that's what moved me out here. I knew no one. 
That's crazy. It that's was cool. crazy. It was yeah. so scary. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And when you talk about knowing no one, that's probably the main factor whether someone makes that jump or doesn't make that jump, right? It's crazy if you think about your story, you know, coming from Sweden, you guys won the green card lottery and just making that jump mm. to be like, oh yeah, let's try California. Let's try one of the most aggressive spots in the country too to like just come. You could have went to Minnesota, Texas, but you guys fucking LA, right? And you mm. send it. That's kind of something that I'm on right now is like how we might have to shake it up. We might have to go to Australia. We might have to go to China or something like that to just kind of mix things up. We will leave Southern California, but if we leave SoCal, we're going to leave the country, I think. Because my mantra is kind of like, I can go anywhere in the world as long as I'm on the coast. So I want to explore as much of the coast around the world as I can. How do you kind of feel? Like, do you like to travel? Do you like to just move places? Like, how are you? I love it. Honestly, I love it so much. And I, I've always said my, my personality is 50, 50. I'm 50, 50 on like, I love, I love like the, the essence of my industry, the Beverly Hills, the Mm. beautiful lifestyle. Like I love that. But at the end of the day, like I'm a walk around barefoot jeans and a t-shirt, like super casual Florida girl. And I love that division that I kind of have in my head because there's the part of me that really loves the planning and the stability and knowing what's going on in my calendar. And there's the other part that just is very okay to turn off my phone and go completely like off the radar. Mm. And I could travel and dabble and disappear for months and months and months on end. But coming back to your question of kind of like remote work, I've never been in a situation where I didn't have a responsibility of showing up every single day Mm, and showing up for people whose schedules have been built around seeing me. Mm. So I've always felt really tied down with that. And I think about this a lot now because I'm, I am engaged and I'm at this point where I'm thinking about the next chapter Mm. and I still want to have this like rolling stone approach to travel. But also there is this, woman, entrepreneur, just business side of my brain that is like, where's the time? Mm. So it's something I do think about a lot and trying to juggle all of those different facets. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, um, I'm still in school, but I have one more semester and I ideally would love to have something that's hybrid, like remote and in person. Um, I don't know if I could do fully remote because I, it's very hard for me to get myself to work unless someone tells me to work, mm-hmm. um, which is something I'm like really working on. But like if I have, if I have class, I'll show up on time. If I have um, a shift at my job right now, I'll show up on time. But doing my own shit, it's very hard being disciplined to like, no, I'm going to wake up at seven and start that at eight o'clock and then I'll do that the whole day. So having something where I can do a little bit of remote and then a little bit in person would be ideal. I don't know if I could do fully in person because I still want that flexibility of being able to travel or being able to do my work somewhere else that's not in the office or whatever it might be. But it's hard. Um, it's hard finding that balance, I think, of doing being very flexible, but then also having that responsibility, responsibility of showing up to be with these people or have these meetings or like just showing up. It's hard. Yeah, I was like that mm. when I was younger. I kind of was like, I cannot do online school. Mm. I have to have 
a sense of responsibility and someone who's going to say like, Hey, you got to show up for this right. class at this time, or you've got to do this. You got to do that. I never thought I'd be someone who could work a hundred percent from home or yeah. do a hundred percent online school, but hybrid would be perfect mm. because it gives you that sense of like accountability yeah. for it. But there's such a shift now to like really truly in 15 years, there's been such a shift in the way that our world is and what we want out of life when we look at our parents' roles, our parents wanted PTO, good benefits. Like those were the, that's what they looked for in a job. And now people don't necessarily want, of course we want money and we want flexibility, but people are looking more just to have the option to have flexibility in their right. jobs. And you're finding a lot of jobs that aren't giving you a 401k, mm-hmm. but they're giving you unlimited PTO. Right. Mm-hmm. Which the first time I heard the word, the like phrase unlimited PTO, I was like, what the F is that? Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But you know, younger companies that are coming out have better technology. They're built utilizing more advanced technology. And so things are done more efficiently. And as long as you are getting your work done, then they don't care what you do after right. that. Yeah. Exactly. So, I think that that's a really amazing thing. And when people ask me if I would pick my career over again, for the sake of passion, I love what I do. I love medicine. I love the relationships I have with patients. I love and respect the mechanics of the human body. My dad always told me, like, the body is a machine. Mm. And treat it like one. Break it down. Find the kinks. Find what's what's, what's going wrong and fix each part of it so that the whole thing runs smoothly. Right. So I love and respect medicine. I love what I do. I love the psychology, the art, the science. It's perfect for me. But there wasn't the flexibility and the hybrids mm. of like the way that jobs are today. Yeah. So it is something that I think is really important to think about when you're thinking about careers. Yeah. How did you get into your career? I was I was a high school kid who spent a lot of time thinking about what I wanted to do. I just didn't know. And I was like I don't know. I felt like everyone's always kind of like, you could be a doctor, a teacher, a fireman, a lawyer. Mm. Like everything was so like linear and in a box. Right. And I was like, there's so many jobs that we don't get taught about. And you also don't go through school really getting to hear about them. Like career day seems so basic. Like I don't even. It's always the same one. It's always the same. And honestly, like, I don't even remember having career day. Like, you have it as, like, a third grader. What about as a 17-year-old, right. like, when it matters? That's a really good idea right there. Yeah. You yeah, need they it, have, you need... yeah, like you said, they have it in, like, third grade. And then they're like, that's that. it. Honestly, in high school, you should have some kind of career day element, like, once a quarter. Yeah. Because you don't really, maybe somewhat now, you have teachers who are talking more about finance to student, to kids at a younger age. Like, I had a teacher who was teaching you how to balance your checkbook of like Mm. the points you got for scoring high on your test and all that stuff. And you could buy a prize at the end and you would have to balance your checkbook. So she taught you about money management in fourth grade. Mm. And that was such an important thing, but it doesn't happen a lot. And the career thing I think is really important, but it doesn't happen a lot. So I really racked my brain when I was in high school, trying to think about it. I asked people all the time and I still ask my patients all the time, what do you do? Because they don't do things that fit the mold. Mm. And so when I was 17, I was a lifeguard in Miami and I was asking everyone, what do you do? What's so-and-so do? And a friend of mine that I worked with, she said that her sister was a PA. And 
as simple as she put it, she's like, yeah, she's basically a doctor. She makes good money. She didn't have to do all that school. And I was like, sign me up. Like that's something I can do because Mm -hmm. I, if you guys have siblings, like growing up with siblings, you kind of always hear your parents telling your siblings, like, you're going to be this, you're Mm going to be that. And so my middle brother was the one who was always like, oh, you're going to be a doctor. My older brother, he was already, by the time I was paying attention, he was already working in like the construction realm, Mm -hmm. which he is still. Um, my middle brother was not able to be a doctor. It just didn't suit him. He played in college. He couldn't keep up with sciences and it just wasn't, it clearly just was not his calling. Um, but once I heard of that, I just knew that that was for me. And I, the only doctor who I had an in with was a plastic surgeon and I had already been an art student my whole life. And this was the thing that really blended the two. And it, that was it. It was like from that day forward, every single thing that I did in life was focused on getting myself into PA school. Mm. And then from that point on, like having the career in it. I think it's so cool. The most powerful thing you've said so far is that the industry really is a mix of art and science. That's so cool. Just like a tattoo artist is able to work the body and hey, look at that. But this is like actually taking the body and making it something else. Because that's not like the first thing that you might think about if you hear plastic surgery. It's not like people might might not think that it's like, art and science combined it's more of like I think people have a judgment of it a lot that going deeper into it of like no it's actually art and science combined yeah I think that is a very cool way to put it because that is truly what it is it is and I think the psychology of it is so wild because it's let me like see if I even articulate this right (laughs) the concept of how you perceive yourself is so different than the concept of how others perceive you. Mm. So when patients come in and it's, you know, it is a whole industry and has its own language and how you communicate things is so important because how you think you're communicating something sometimes is very different than how someone's receiving it. Right. So patients a lot of times will come in and be like, oh, well, I want Botox here. And I'm like, okay, well, why do you want Botox for this certain thing? And they can't articulate it. Or they'll say, well, I want I want cheek filler. My friend got cheek filler and she looks good. And I'll say, well, what is it that you want it for? And they're like, oh, well, I look angry. And then it's a matter of trying to explain how what they feel they see. Oh, I look angry. I look tired. I look like I have a resting bitch face. Like all these things have physical attributes that create them. So I look angry all the time as someone who has like those furrowing frown lines, which I, as you can tell, cannot do. (laughs) Um, And I look tired all the time is the heaviness on the upper eyelids or the eyes looking closed. So things that open your eyes up are going to make you more refreshed looking or, you know, what, you know, I feel like I look heavier, I look flat faced or whatever these, these perceptions of themselves are taking those comments explaining how the physical is is showing that and then talking about the treatments that are going to be best to change it. Mm. So hearing those comments from people and trying to kind of digest it, break it down and reteach them what to make better is challenging because a lot of times people come in wanting one thing and they get set on something because they think that they know the solution. Yeah. So then it's hard to sometimes change their thought on what is best for them. And also taking something that is someone's biggest insecurity and trying to tell them what you can do to, you know, quote unquote, fix it without delivering that information in a way that's hurtful or insensitive. 
So the way that we learn in this industry, which I think is something that really sets you apart, the way that you learn to pick and choose your words to convey information is so incredibly important. I think because, I mean, just with like appearance wise, it's it's very sensitive. You have to be very sensitive. I mean, even just like if I were to hear something of like, I don't know, something random. Oh my God, your nose look crooked. Just like a comment like that. Now I'm like, oh shit, like, wait a minute. Now, now that's in your head all the time. So just being able to, cause it is, I mean, you are, you are commenting on the physical aspect, but it does affect the mental of it all too. Mm-hmm. I mean, every little, I mean, just growing up, if you ever heard something about, oh my God, your, your lips are small or your, whatever it might've been, that shit sticks with you. So totally. like, I think it's very important, just like you said, the words that you use to talk about it. And it doesn't have to necessarily be like in that specific um, industry of just like in anything of like how you how you were to bring something up to me or like how just how you communicate is like choose your words wisely because it does stick with you. Yeah. And you talk about talking about it. I think that's kind of where I wanted to pivot it a little bit, too, is the stigma behind like what's secretive what can we talk about what things have has she had done can you bring that up it's such a case-by-case thing that's where like what do you think about that like coming up and being like is it appropriate have you have you gotten any work done you know what i mean how do you even approach something like that of like well what have you done if you've done anything it's kind of weird right Mm. because it's almost like asking like a lady her age right and you're like oh sorry my Mm. bad like that was triggering for her you know so I think it's really funny because, of course, for me, I, in terms of professionally growing my, my patient base, it grows mostly from word of mouth, which is great. Um, you know, you bring in people who trust you already because their friends trust you. But that means that they've already opened up and talked about it. Right. So there are some people who are very, very open about it, but amongst them, their friends and even on social media, which is always great and I think so important. And then there are the people who keep it very hush-hush. And it's everyone across the spectrum because I've got just your average everyday person of any age. And then I have super, super, super A-list celebrities who amongst themselves to, to, to each other very, very quietly may say, oh, I see so-and-so for this. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, who did you have for that? Oh, okay, you should go talk to so, such and such person. And... You never really know how or when or who is going to open up about those things. Right. Because even though people are so aware that at the end of the day, like this is self-care, like getting lasers, getting peels, this is about skin health just as much as it is about aesthetics, but you just can't predict when someone is going to be comfortable and confident enough to share those secrets. Do you think that that's because after they get something done, it might not fix what's in between the ears, like their mindset behind it? Like, oh my God, I was able to fix my cheek, right? But I'm still insecure about my cheek, but it looks good now. Like you got it fixed. What, like, how does that spectrum work? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like what I'm trying to get at, it's hard, but why is it that, okay. Like why do people want to keep a hush You got your neck done, let's say. Your neck looks great. Why are you now not talking about, like, does it not feel real or like how, mm. how does that work? Right. I honestly don't know. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. There's certain things in beauty that people show at, with absolutely no concerns. They're eyelash extensions. Like we do a lot of weird stuff, like yeah. brow laminations, eyelash right. extensions, like 
brow we dye extensions. Our hair. We dye like, everything. Yeah. Like there's so much that people do. What is a brow lamination? You basically push the eyebrows up and then flatten it's, them. It's it's, it's like a wild you know one. how like oh, you when, like iron your yes, face. Basically. Like you know when people have curly hair and they chemically straighten it. Yeah, you do that to your eyebrows. Oh. and it makes them easier to like brush up and just style. Mm. So like we do a lot of stuff, but the you know the tricky thing about my industry is that having treatments done is painful. The downtime, you can be bruised, you can be swollen, like you don't walk out of it like a haircut where you walk out with a perfect right. blow dry and you're yeah. like, damn, I look fabulous. <laughs> you walk out a little beat up yeah. and you have to wait for it to settle. And I think that really digging into this, like I, I as a provider wish that people were more honest about things that were done so that people could understand what the reality uh, is of the industry. I've had Botox, I've had fillers, I've had peels, lasers, you name it. But in 10 years, I've done so little of it because that's what suits my personality. Mm. I was not the personality type to be like, oh, I did this once and I'm going to do it every two months like clockwork. Mm. It's not my personality. And I've also never had someone driving me to that because your provider and the relationship you have with them is a person who really helps you understand how often and when and why you should do things. So there's someone who's always there to kind of keep you in check. Like I'll never let my patients look crazy. But, um, so I wish that there was a little bit more honesty about that. So that people understood that like all these things look beautiful, natural, and normal, but I understand wanting to kind of keep it a secret because this is the crazy thing too. When people are getting things done, they lose sight of where they started, which is where people can go off the wire, but also where people kind of forget what is and what isn't natural. Mm. So to your whole like do does it become so much a thing that you forget where you started or are you on like I don't I don't even know how to put it into words because there may be some degree of like oh this is just who I am and how I look and there's not really the recognition of I feel more confident because I had this done because it changed my skin texture or the fine lines and now I feel more happy day to day so I'm not really sure. Um, but I had a patient come in yesterday who's an actress and she said that she was at a gathering with other actresses and that very slow, this is exactly how she described it to me. She goes very slowly and very quietly. We started to talk about the things that we get done Mm -hmm. and slowly people started to put names out there. She goes, and as soon as I said your name, three other people jumped up and was like, that's who I see. That's who I trust. But it's like, these are people who are really good friends yeah. too. And there was so little communication about it until they like tiptoed into the conversation. Mm. Mm. So I think in different groups, it comes out in different ways, but it really does have to be kind of like a safe, like a safe zone right? to talk about these things because they, they're, I don't know, artificial enhancements. Yeah. Whenever you get like celebrities that come to you and want to get things done, do you have to sign some type of NDA to like, you can never disclose that I've been here? Like, I understand like, you know, patient information you in general, you can't give out, but like, do you have to be like, oh no, don't ever tell anyone I've been here, like anything like that? So there's a lot of like, rules Mm. and unspoken rules when it comes to this kind of stuff and medicine and whatnot. Um, so of course, just with HIPAA, 
it protects patients' privacy. Right. So you can't say who a patient is, what someone's had done, or anything like that. So yeah, that's like a that's a very like line in the sand. Mm-hmm. You cannot cross that line. Um, there are some patients who are open about it. If a patient gives you a consent to share certain information, that's amazing. Or if they give consent for photos, then you can go with that. Of course, you always ideally get that in writing because mm-hmm. there's you know the CYA save your you know cover your yeah. ass. Um, so I have people who are okay with showing full face versus like just small areas. Then the unspoken rule, which I always think is funny and like a hard thing to navigate, is that I've got such great relationships with patients. But the unspoken rule is if you see typically like your celebrity patient out in public, you can't say anything to them. You can't mm-hmm. say hi. You can't approach them. Like if you guys pass each other in a restaurant or anywhere – the, the other person has to approach you first. Gotcha. Oh, I've heard okay. of this. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not like a celebrity plastic surgeon, so I'm not super recognizable. Uh-huh. But yes, you basically like can't imply any association mm. because your association is going to imply any of that work being done. Gotcha. Hmm. Interesting. Tell me about your team. Obviously, you don't work alone. Who kind of do you have around with you? And like, how does that dynamic work out? So I do work alone. You do work alone all yeah, the way, huh? This has been crazy. So um, I'll like run you through kind of yeah. where, how we got here and why I wear every single hat. <laughs> um, and you can pivot from here anywhere you want to go. So I have been in this for 10 years and I've always worked in a medical practice as a PA. You work under a doctor. Um you can do everything independent by yourself, but like your license is associated with a doctor. They're, they are your confidant, your big brother. Your, they're the person to go to in case you ever need guidance, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I've always worked in a medical practice and plastic surgery is an industry that a lot of people want to get into when they go into medicine. It is beautiful, great relationships, lots of wacky patients. Sometimes there's a lot to it. And after 10 years, I was going to go into a new position and ended up being, I don't know how else to say this, but like the victim of kind of like the male mm. MD ego situation. And it derailed my next career opportunity. And I kind of looked at that and said, okay, this was a hurdle. This was definitely something that interfered with my plan. But where do I go from here? And I love when people embrace being under pressure because for me, I love when my personality type deals with hardship or a hurdle or something that makes me have to reflect and pivot because it shows you what you're really so capable of. And that pivot point for me was the point where I said, everyone has encouraged me to be an independent like practice and open my own and I'm going to do it. It was a point in my career where I saw patients come to me to show their support and commitment to me as their provider, which is very humbling and validating. And it was the point where I could turn around and say, I know so much. I've worked in a med spa. I've worked in corporate. I've worked in private practice. I know this industry and I'm ready for this next challenge. And so when I dealt with that hardship, it was physically, emotionally, and mentally so draining And I took all of that and turned it into building my practice. And so now I have my practice in Beverly Hills and 
I didn't even have the time to hire somebody. Mm. I was building the website, building the business, ordering product, setting up the whole office space, and seeing patients from start to finish within two months of like leaving my position. Wow. So it was 5 a.m. to 1 a.m. every single day. And it's been a few months of being open and things have been great. But yes, I've been doing everything myself, which is great because you really intimately learn every aspect Mm -hmm. of the business. But there... When was that? Last year, two years ago, this time, what time frame was that? That was this past summer. So okay, like this year, yeah. My mind, in my mind, I went from spring to, to fall. Mm. Like summer just didn't happen because yeah. I spent all summer <laughs> understanding like how to build a business in California. Right. Um, other people who are in my situation, they've been planning this whole thing for like a year mm. and then hit the ground running because they had it all done. Yeah. I was not in that situation. So I spent, I, so I left my job in June. And by August 1st, I was seeing patients. Wow. Yeah. So like filing with the state, submitting paperwork, all the stuff that was, that was really crazy. But like just learning that whole business mm-hmm. and knowing how much of my business I did actually already know and was ready to put into effect was great. So things have been up and running for like three, four months at this wow. point. Oh, that's Do you awesome. want to keep it just you? And like keep it like that? Do you want to like bring another? I definitely need help. Like I need to bring in someone. So what I really want, I will take the recommendation if you have anyone. But what I really need to find is someone who can be a little bit of a jack of all trades like me. Mm -hmm. Like I would love to bring someone on who is into social media marketing and then who's also just open to learning how to do little things for from like a business standpoint, like I would love someone who can help me with social media and content scheduling right. and just like generally being in the office with me to yeah. help me when patients are getting greeted. Cause right now I, patients are coming in. I just have a sign up front. That's like, let me know you're here and take a seat. Mm-hmm. And they ring the like, little doorbell and it bell. like chimes in my office. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, underground though a little bit, right? No, yeah. What's the secret knock? And then you got yeah. knock, yeah. knock, scratch. This is, yeah. I'm going to change my name from like Stark Aesthetics to like Stark Speak Easy. <laughs> yeah. Speak Easy Aesthetics. I like that. And before we kind of pivot where I want to go. How does the hot sauce guy get lucky enough to be with you? Oh, my God. Just because he's cute. Um, Dave and I, it's so funny. Like, Dave and I on paper could not be more different. Mm. Like We can tell. We interviewed him. We This is two completely different episodes. Yeah. Oh, my God. We are so different. Um, I'll never forget. forget on, so, like, Dave and I met online, and I had just moved to Huntington, and I had already gone, I, I, you know, I had dealt with a breakup, dealt with questioning where I wanted to be. I went home for a few weeks, kind of came back, and I was really set on staying in Southern California. And I went to Huntington, and I was loving living by the beach, and I felt, I got to a point where my soul felt really happy. But it was just me and my dog. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I need to start branching out. Dave and I met online. We talked for like two days. And he's like, listen, I'm going to this fundraiser. You should come, this and that. And I was like, why don't you grab me a ticket? And if I can make it, I'll make it. Mm. And I was just like non-committal, but I really wanted to make new friends and like end up going to this fundraiser. I ended up going. I was like, Danielle, you got to do this. Mm-hmm. And I go to the fundraiser and 
he is such a social butterfly. He And of course, he knew all of his friends there. He kept disappearing the whole time. <laughs> was talking about a sport that I had never heard of before. Like people were jumping in and out of boats and canoes and like flipping <laughs> around. I was like, what the heck is happening here? So we met that way. Um, and he lost his phone like so many times in the beginning of us dating. We're like, I've never lost a cell phone. I don't even right. know how someone can lose a cell right. phone. Like, yeah. I, I triple check my surroundings before I go anywhere. So yeah, Dave and I are definitely a little like type A, type like D, you know? <laughs> um, but on, so on paper, we're so different, but our character is so, so similar. And actually the places that we draw passion from are so similar mm. and the strengths and our skill sets are so similar. And so what, so, you know, um, as you guys know, Dave spent so many years as a professional athlete and a coach and the way that Dave breaks things down and teaches people. I was just going to, yeah, it's you're so already similar yeah. to how I break things down and teach people. My patients understand everything in analogies, everything, especially plastic surgery comes through best in a good analogy. And so, you know, in terms of helping others, teaching people, Dave and I are so similar with that kind of stuff. Um, and just our viewpoint on kind of life and just taking time to enjoy things is very much aligned, but we took a very different approach in finding our careers. Mm. I went from 17 to 20, basically 17 to 32 nonstop focused on my career. And Dave did not do that. And so it has brought us together as two adults who are a little bit yin yanged because he had his world travel sail in Europe. Like he had this fun youth. Just fall off the map type of guy. Yeah. Whereas like I didn't have that. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh my God, this like female brain clock is ticking mentality is catching up to mm. me, but I need my time. To what do go you and, mean by that female brain clock? Like female brain, the female brain doesn't turn off. And it's interesting because a friend of mine yesterday was saying how a guy she's dating was talking about how, you know, male mental health is such a tough subject because men carry the burden of being the bread, historically at least mm. being the breadwinner, managing the home, trying to do everything. But then, and be the strength, like no one ever wants to see the man weak, right? And so that's a hard like male mental health thing. And I kind of was like, well, what about women? Like we're so in tune with juggling everything. For me, I've got my home life, my career, my future plans, my future, you know, family plan, like all of these things where I'm trying to juggle my current and the future and a wedding. And it's so much on my plate. And, um... So I've got this, I've, I've got that female mentality, female mind mentality of like, what's on my to-do list? I've got to do all these things, but then also wanting to slow down and shift away from my career and take that time to travel and enjoy and really enjoy myself and my time with my partner before we lose some of it mm -hmm. to that next phase of life. Right. Yeah. I see that. I like that a lot. And as far as like your guys' personalities, 
I'm super technical. Like I relate to Dave so much when just the way he breaks down a bottle of hot sauce, I understand that's how he breaks down everything. That's how he breaks down. Like that's how his brain works. It does. That's how my brain works. And it's so kind of hard for you to understand that sometimes because you're like, it doesn't have to go that deep, man. And I'm yeah. like, no, it is that fucking deep. All right. I don't, it, there, it, everything matters. Whereas like you're sometimes just so able to just kind of float over things and it baffles my mind sometimes. Right? Well, because I think if, if you're explaining something, you take it really deep and you bring in your analogies and everything. And I'm like, I got it in the first two sentences. Yes. Like I understood it. You didn't have to go <laughs> yes. on that tangent and talk about it for 10 minutes. So I just sit there and I'm like, just, I hear you talking, but I'm like, I already got it. Like, you don't have to okay, <laughs> keep going. I, yes, I say this stuff to Dave all the time. Yeah. So, like, Dave will start to, like, break... Th- uh, we'll be talking about something. And he will start, like, breaking down the, like, concept. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Dave, I, I had that thought 10 minutes ago. <laughs> and we're here now. Yeah. Like, this is where I am. Like, this is what I'm asking yeah. you now. Because, like, he want, it's like he wants to break down the idea and really, like work through it Mm -hmm. but I'm like what I'm looking to talk about now is like just the next right it was like three three phases ahead yeah Yeah. you know so I kind of sit there and I'm like okay are you all caught up because now (laughs) I'm ready to keep going it's like when we watch movies or if we watch a a video of some sort he loves pausing yeah the movie or the video he pauses it and he's like so what do you think about that or like you know that's kind of weird and I'm like yeah, can we watch? Can we watch the movie? Yeah. Like, we don't have to have a. You can write it, write it down or something. We can talk about it later. But the constant <laughs> like, pausing and playing, and then three minutes later, let's pause it again. And I'm like, let's just watch the movie. Like, stop going so deep. It's just a movie. It's okay. Like, we don't have to go all deep on it. I'm working on that. I apologize. <laughs> I know. I know that's bad. So I'll stop doing that. But I don't know. I just love doing it. He's like, no promises. Yeah, Yeah. no promises. I'll work on it. But I just know that I can't have the remote. Pause. Okay, do you see that? Or rewind. Or I rewind a lot Yeah, Dave rewinds a lot. And I'm kind of like, he'll be like, oh my God, what do you say? And I'm like, I don't know. Who cares? That one sentence isn't going to change the whole movie. Right. And he'll rewind. That's hilarious. Mm -mm. But I want to talk about um, like men getting work done. Obviously, that's unheard of for me. I don't know any guys that have ever even like talked or thought about, do you have men walking into your office? You have to, right? I do. And sort of what is that? situation kind of like is it the same as, as it, women yeah, differs it like if, right? do you, the way you talk to them does that is there a difference there or is it it's very standard because that's almost it seems to me like that would be even more of a heightened like hey don't tell anybody about this or something like that or how does that work um so i think it's similar like some guys are open to it i have some who are totally open to like posting like i've had like one of my patients who's an actor has come in and full-on like made his own little like documentary Mm. of his visit cool um and i've had girls come in and do like their blog or like vlogs yeah it's really fun um it's different in the sense that men come in very sure of what they want okay men come in like i want to i want a stronger jawline i want a stronger chin or they'll just come in and be like i want to look more masculine And then we have a conversation of what, it depends on the personality. Like some people want to understand and some people are just like, just do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, Male aesthetics is very different than female aesthetics. The face shapes, the structures, where you want harsh lines, where you want soft contours. 
Um, so understanding those things is really important as a provider. You don't want to feminize a man's cheek, mm-hmm. but you want to feminize a woman's cheek. Right. So it is really important to understand the differences. And that's like just classic, like honestly, arts and drawing. Yeah. Like when you do, you know, portrait drawing, you start to really focus on those things because you basically start drawing a face by kind of like outlining the shape of the head. And then there's lines that you map. So like your where your brows are, your pupils, your nostrils, all these things line up, right? Um, so it's different with men in the sense that they come in more straightforward on what they want, but they are also just the like most committed patients. Mm. Once a male patient finds you, they don't leave you. Wow. Like, oh, that's awesome. It is awesome. And they're so consistent. Because it's like a barber at that point, right? Like yes. I can't, I already, I got my guy. Don't, yeah. don't talk to me that's about That's exactly this. what it is. And I, I, I want to say I have a pretty like 50-50 mix on gay and straight male patients. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. Oh, cool. Like, yeah, they are all the same. They all come in with a very straightforward approach. Um, uh, you know, they differ in like what they want looks wise, but they're very committed. They're very easy to work with. It's never like a headache. Mm. Um, women want a little bit more like handholding. They want to understand, like they want to like break down the face zone by zone and understand how a change in one area is going to change the overall appearance and mm-hmm. what it will convey. Gotcha. Mm, I get it. I like that a lot. We kind of went deep into it. I learned yeah. a lot. That was I awesome. want to ask, obviously you're doing everything yourself. Yeah. It's all you. How is the work life balance in that? Is there a balance? Is there, is there time for life or is it, is it work right now? So right now there is, hmm. And that was really a big goal of mine. Like I said, when the pandemic happened and I reflected on where I was compared to other people, I was very fortunate to be working through the entire pandemic. Honestly, the two months that I wasn't working, I thought was like the time of my life. We like day drank and played cornhole. Like it was was like, this is (laughs) the best. This is like summer break. Yeah. Um, So we had a great time during the pandemic, but I was very fortunate to be working. um, And I recognized that, but it really did show me that I was ready to start to shift how I had been working because burnout in medicine is something that does get talked about a lot, but it happens so quickly. And Mm -hmm. I would say that I get to a point of feeling like burnt out probably every two years. Um, and I went about eight years not taking a vacation in my career, which didn't, of course, like I did little things and it's not to say it didn't serve me because I still was hanging in there, but there is nothing as refreshing as taking like a trip to Europe or some getting off the grid. Um, so for me, the job that really made me look at my life was two jobs ago. And it was, it was the job that I took knowing it was going to be an absolute living hell. It was going to be like going into a surgical residency. I knew that there was a lot that I would learn. I knew that there was a lot that I would deal with in terms of, um, like, workplace hardship mm-hmm. and dealing with a very difficult personality type in the doctor. And I knew also that there was a big opportunity for financial growth compared to where I was. And so I took this job and I was working. I never saw the sun. Like I was literally in the operating room at five 30 in the morning and I was coming home at eight 45 at night. Wow. And that was the job where at some point when I finally left it, Dave 
and my mom and friends all on separate, separate notices came to me and said, you're a different person since you left because I was just losing myself in the, the demands of the job. Mm. And that was the, where I was like, okay, things have got to change at this point. Um, so then my last position was a lot more relaxed in terms of hours and it showed me where I needed to draw the line on my position now in opening my own practice. So I do have much better work-life balance. Probably like a year and a half, two years ago, I started only, only working four days a week, Mm -hmm. which was honestly, I think the entire country should only work four days a week because it was such a refreshing change. And now I pretty much try to limit my schedule to be between 10 and four. Nice. Um, which for me, that's the hours of the podcast. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. 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 You know, for me, that time frame is about, it's not even so much the hours because it's about who I'm seeing in the day. I want my patients to have all of my attention. Mm. And I also don't want to feel overwhelmed by doing things all mm. by myself, but I see about three to six patients in a day, okay. depending on what it is. And it's enough for me to have a full day, but also have time before and after to where I feel like I can be focusing on myself and just the ability to schedule around our trips mm. and plans. So like since I've opened, I've, we've had a week vacation every single month. Nice. That's awesome. And it's just been really refreshing to have our time together. Yeah. And And I love that part of the story. The part that I want to hear more about too is when you were talking about getting things off the ground and the amount of work that you're talking about putting in, it's, yeah, it's not an Instagram scroll. It's not like some hustle porn, like you got to work hard and this and that and that, like you actually have to do it. One of the things that like you and I are working on is I was born this way and then pressure tested throughout everything that I do. It's one of the things that I take a lot of pride in and as I understand, like I'm willing to die. Like just as a competitor, that's the, Dave has that, you know, certain things where it's like, no, I'm willing to break my arm off right now. If that's what you want to do, I'm testing right now. I hope you're not willing to do that. But if you want to break your arm right now, we will break our arm. You know what I mean? So it's like that vibe that I usually take to everything. And then we have to water it down. You don't have to do that. And when I'm in the financial office, I'm not fighting anybody. There's nothing like to do that. But real work, like to actually, yes, every day you have to show up on the weekends. You have to show up at nighttime you have to come back every single day. I want to, I want you to talk about that because hearing your voice say it is like music to my ears. So it's funny because, um, it's funny because in terms of like work-life balance, the short answer is yes, there's more work-life balance because I'm technically only seeing patients between 10 and four, 10 mm-hmm. and like three is like what yeah. I try to schedule, which doesn't sound like a lot, but the truth is I am doing all that myself. So I'm getting texts from people constantly. Mm. You know, the other last week I was sick. I went to the urgent care. The doctor walks in and he goes, so you're in aesthetic medicine? He's like, I could never do that. He goes, when I, he goes, when I leave at the end of the day, no one contacts me. And that's not how it is for me. Like I have people contacting me at all times of the day and night. I'm constantly working on scheduling my marketing, social media, filming the videos. Like it is it is not, Hi. excuse me. Big yawn. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like Kino almost. Um, <laughs> you know, it's nonstop. And even when I do stop, I'm like, oh my God, there's actually so much that I need to do right, right. now. Yeah. Um, But just in terms of like being able to 
do that stuff from home and knowing that I'm doing it for myself, mm. um, you know, there's been challenges like needing to learn how to do QuickBooks and like understand my own bookkeeping. Yeah. Like that yeah. was not something I did before. And everything does fall on me. So even the other day when I was sick and having to reschedule patients, like that was unfortunate, but I didn't have someone working the front desk to do that for me. Right. So, you know, it's, it, there's definitely work-life balance and I'm doing it for myself in terms of building my own little empire rather than building somebody else's success, mm. which is really important. Um, but it's a lot, it's a, it's a hustle and yeah. it's, yeah. you know, no one is, Instagram shows you what you see in the office and what you're putting out. It's the highlight reel. And that applies to like everything in life. And God, we could get into how that affects this industry, but it is the behind the scenes that is like nonstop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. And, um, as we kind of close it out, I just want to finish on some lighter stuff. Might not be light for you, but like wedding planning. Oh my God. How has that been going? It's so much. What is like the vibe, the aesthetic that you're going for? Is it outdoor? Is it indoor? What? Like, um, how's that world been treating you? So, do you have a wedding planner or like? No. So, I actually love event planning. So, okay. before medicine, the three things that I was like, Mom, this is what I'm going to do in life. She said no to all of them. I was like, I'm going to own a restaurant. She's like, No, they fail. Mm. I'm like, Okay. Um, I was like, I want to be a shark researcher me in Miami. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I don't even know where you got that one, but like, absolutely not. And then I was like, well, I want to be an event planner. Like I am so organized. I am so good at this stuff. She's like, no, you're going to spend your whole week working and your whole weekend making sure somebody else's event goes well. Right. And I'm like, you're right. So I didn't do any of those. When I came home, I was like, I'm going to be a plastic surgery PA. She was like, damn right you yeah. are. She's like, I don't know what a PA is, but like, this do sounds it. right. Sounds good. Um, huh? And then she's been on board since. But um, wedding planning has been just as stressful as people say. Hmm. Um, just like the traffic here. They were right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And um, I am not someone who is looking for like a big wedding. I think when I was younger, I wanted like this big black tie contemporary event. I am so not that person now, which is funny how you change. Um, Initially, Dave and I were planning just a really, really intimate elopement in Kauai. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are still going to do that. Um, It's kind of shifted because for me, I want to focus on the elements that feel special and wholesome about a wedding rather than putting on an event just to have the event. I want to have the aisle. I want to walk down with my brothers. Like I want to have some of those special moments just with all of our families together since they are on two separate sides of the country. Right. <clears throat> but I I don't necessarily feel like I want to be in a space that's bigger than what my celebration is. Mm. I want an intimate dinner celebration with everyone together. Rather than like a crazy party with a DJ and a yeah. dance floor. Yeah. So I'm trying to really focus on what can give me a blend of all of those, but also be convenient for people. Mm. And that is where I'm messing up. Because if I just stopped focusing on the convenience part, then planning would be really easy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, so it's hard. So I'm, I'm kind of leaning back towards like our Hawaii elopement because it's just the thing that feels the most true to Dave and I. Yeah. And then finding a way to just bring our families together here. Yeah. That's awesome. Fun. I like that. That's yeah. Exciting. Love's the best, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right. That's exciting. So I would say I have maybe two more questions for you okay. before we close it out. Tell me. 
Is there anything that myself or Hannah did not ask that coming in you maybe wanted to elaborate on? Or I know you said you come in just pretty raw. Is there anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about? I think there's so many important topics when it comes to this industry. Mm. Like truly things that are so important to shine light on that would be really impactful for any set of ears. Like especially the younger generations, but really any of them. I just think it might be an entire other conversation. Like, I think it's so important to talk about the truth and the transparency in this industry, but just in social media and its effects on our self-image and our confidence and the empowerment of this industry to take charge of things that are going to make us feel better about ourselves, Mm. but also the strength that you need to have to be able to not listen to the people who just have negative things to say. Right. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's something that's so, so important. Um, and we're going to have you back on to definitely talk about that. We've barely scratched the surface today. Totally. So I hope you had a fun time. Too. Yeah. We got so much fun. I yeah. mean, there's, there's so much to it when you like it 10 years in when I precept students, I don't, I'm, I flat out tell them the first day I meet them. I'm like, hi, I'm Danielle. Nice to meet you. How's school going? Are you breathing? Are you drowning? Mm. Like, how are you hanging in there? And I tell them, listen, I'm not going to be the smartest preceptor you have. It's been 10 years. I barely remember what was in my textbooks because I don't do ER medicine. Yeah. But what I will tell you is the reality of how to build and enjoy a career in this industry and how to be a young woman in medicine and where you need to learn to draw the line in being, it's almost like you're like a soldier in the army. It's like, you've got to learn to just like take your orders and be very, very respectful no matter what. But then there is this side where this is your choice in medicine for how you conduct yourself and how Mm -hmm. you care for others. And there's a line of respect that you have to be able to stand up for yourself. And so I look to be guidance for the younger generation in medicine of what I've learned over the last 10 years rather than what they're going to learn in a textbook. Mm. Because when I, when they come to me with situations and ask for feedback and I tell them things, they're like, Oh my God, that's so smart. Thank God you told me how to handle that. Oh my goodness. I appreciate that so much. And I definitely needed a mentor when I was 23 and becoming a PA. Like that's so young when I think about it. And I'm glad that I had people who could guide me through those things. But if I can be a guide for someone to navigate their journey starting into the profession, then that I think is so, so important. Mm. And like, that's a whole thing too. So yeah, yeah those are, that. It, there's so much. Yeah. yeah. There's so much. <laughs> I like it. I, I recommend that you and Dave start a podcast too. I would love to listen to more of you guys just chit-chatting and doing your thing. Just... That would be a cool thing to listen to. I know you guys are busy. I know you got a lot going on, but it's the best thing ever, I think. Like, yeah. I love our show, and it's helped us grow in our relationship, and it's the best thing ever. For sure. <laughs> so if you're thinking about it, let us know, and you know we'll help you get started and do all that stuff. Steve loves podcasts. He's been on so many, and yeah. like, it, I've like sat in on some of the ones that he's done with some of his like bros. Yeah. You know, when they talk about paddling, and yeah. I just kind of sit there <laughs> in the corner. Um but they're so enthusiastic. And I think it's really interesting, too, when you have, 
like an outside party to help to navigate things. Cause like Dave is, you know, it's funny because he, it's, it's cute. He'll like be the person now to jump in and talk about my industry to other people Mm. and explain it. And, you know, sometimes I'll have friends come over and he'll chime in and he'll like explain how Botox works or how fillers work and kind of go through all of it. And, you know, we've had all those conversations. And so now he gets, I think he enjoys explaining it to other people. Yeah. And it's kind of fun to have like that third party to prompt you with questions and draw the information out. But yeah, yeah, he likes that. That's awesome. The last question before that dog breaks out of that cage here <laughs> yeah. is who are maybe like two to three people that you know that are very similar to you and that you respect that maybe we could reach out to and have on the podcast? I want more female business owners or people that are really killing their career or maybe somebody that's just starting out in their career, just somebody that you know is a vibrant soul like yourself that you'd like to see on this show. Um, so I have two that are, I have two that kind of come to mind who might be interesting. One of which is a, she's so, she's a good friend of mine and we met so randomly in a restaurant sitting side by side in Beverly Hills and the person I was with was not sure what to order, ordered, was like, Hey, maybe we should order French fries. And the girl next to me is like, get the fries. They're so good. Which I love French fries. They're my favorite food. She's like, here, we didn't French finish ours. French fries are not a food. It's a side. Oh, no. French no, fries are a, like... It's a meal. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> the girl next to us is like, here, we didn't finish ours. Have some. So my dinner partner friend starts eating their French fries. We all start talking. It turns out we all went to... We all grew up in Miami and we all went to the same high school, which is like oh, that's so cool. bizarre. Anyway, so now we're friends. So she does permanent... She does... She's a makeup artist and she does permanent makeup and she's just done like runways and weddings and events and permanent makeup is really cool because it does it's kind of like my industry where you can take someone who is experiencing alopecia or hair loss and she can recreate shadows of the effective hair um or you know just little enhancements and people she's worked with and things she's seen so that's that could be interesting her name is me hall um The other one is actually someone I'm seeing later today, and it is my photographer. Her name is Kaylin. Um, We were referred to her through one of our friends who uses her for, like, her family photos. And Kaylin is – I don't know how long she's been a photographer, but she's so sweet and so down-to-earth. And I I think that I'm very picky as someone who's grown up in arts and fashion and all of that, like – I, I know what I like. And from an aesthetics standpoint, I know visually what I like. And as soon as I saw her work, I had no questions about looking for another photographer, which I also love because she's like in our friend group. Mm. Yeah. Um, and she, I just think, is so skilled at portraits and at like lifestyle work and doing like editorial and I've watched more and more of her portfolio grow online over the last couple years and also the way that I've sought her you know services has changed because it went from hiring her for mine and Dave's engagement photos to hiring her for Dave's work photos for my photos when I opened my business and then of course for our wedding so it's like the whole spectrum and I think she's really talented I like that and that's an industry too where it's like you you take a jump to be a professional photographer Mm -hmm. that's interesting I want to hear more about that that'd be cool 
Yeah. Well, hey, thank you for coming on. We're going to have you on again, too. We barely scratched the surface. This has been Natural Thoughts and Talks. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. The digest. Danielle, oh, I got a. Oh, look at my sock. You got Sorry. a hole in it. Yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> look real homeless with those socks, dude. Anyways, Danielle. Yeah, that was a really fun episode. Yeah. I liked. Did her you a learn lot. anything new? I learned a lot. Yeah. That was actually one of the more like interesting people we've had on, as far as like I don't know anything about your career really yeah. and like the stuff that works and it's just stuff that I don't really think of because. Plastic surgery is not really in my world. Have you ever thought about any That's the thing. procedures that you've, you've wanted to do, do or like, you know what I mean? Like anything. Yeah. Let's go ahead and dive into Venture's brain. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm, I'm tall. Yeah. I have a perfect skin tone, people have said. You know what I mean? It's not too dark, not too light. I have really good teeth. I've never needed like braces. I have great hair. I regularly get compliments on the amazing level of curls that I have. It's just a full package. I don't oh know God. how you do it, babe. <laughs> but like, yeah, I've never really had too many flaws that I You've can You've never think had of. like, well, it doesn't have to be a flaw, but like a Insecurity. complex. Insecurity. Yeah, because I've kind of, I think a lot of them come from like your childhood, mm-hmm. right? In school like that. I've always kind of hovered just in the top half of the crowd with everything that i did mm. so i was never like oh if i had this maybe that girl would like me more usually the girl just kind of liked me i don't mm. you know like you did right what do you think maybe if you came back to me and you're like no his ears and i'd be like okay well maybe i'll get that ear operation <laughs> or something like that but it's i'm happy that it's there like what i took from it was basically like i like that that option is there mm. because maybe i would have leaned a little bit negative not totally negative, but like it would have skewed maybe negative before the episode. Right. After the episode and talking to her, I was like, oh no, fuck that. Like whatever, because I'm all about confidence. Whatever it takes for you to up your like self-esteem and confidence, mm. I'm all about that. That's yeah. totally cool. It doesn't have to be done like the hard way or whatever like that. And yeah, it's super cool. I also, yeah, I think I'm the same way of, I think it's, I think it's great that the option is there. I think with anything, they should have the option to do fillers or do the boob jobs whatever it is like have the option to do it i think with me the thing that i'm a little negative about when it comes to plastic surgery is when people don't want to talk about it and they want to act as if oh yeah i grew this butt naturally well yeah or then that's just inauthentic like, yeah like when there is you have the ideal body please be honest with people that you paid for it yeah. Because there's going to be people thinking that it's real that don't know that it's not real and they're going to try to work for it or work out and like do this and do that when they're like, that's not real. Like, yeah. be honest about that. That's just a lack of communication yeah. at that point, right? Like, people, just be honest about it. Like, I like that. You know what I mean? Like, don't try to create these false narratives of like, oh, yeah, no, like Larsa Pippen. <laughs> like, yeah. no, you don't look like that. Well, that's the By thing. working out. That's the thing, too. And it's like, I don't like that those people, that's exactly what we were talking about on a previous episode. It hits it right on the head of the you working out. You thought you're going to become a female bodybuilder mm. off of 10 push-ups, right? Plastic <laughs> surgery. Hearing that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, 10 that's what you fucking told me, babe. I was like, let's do some push-ups. And you're like, oh, I don't want to get jacked. I'm like, I fucking wish a couple sets of push-ups just pumped me up like yeah. Arnold. It doesn't work like that. But you hear plastic surgery and it goes to the furthest right. end of the spectrum when it's right. like, no, there's a hundred levels before we get to the top floor, which is crazy yeah. town. So yeah. 
yeah, it's just really cool hearing somebody who's like on the ground kind of doing it and just subtly. I liked how much of an art it is too. Mm-hmm. Like she, the, the coolest thing she said was something like, oh yeah, this is basically the combination of science and art. And I, I like, never thought about it like that, but yeah. now it makes so much sense because it's not just like science or making a boob bigger. You got to make everything. them titties somehow, right? right? It's art. <laughs> it's like, like she said, like the symmetry of it all. Like if you're, if you're filling up one face, you have to t- maybe tweak the other. Like it's crazy how how it all works yeah and it's There's so much like brain power to it all and it's funny because we've been having so much artists on lately that that's like an unknown like yeah. tattoos we completely get it but a tattoo is a weird form of art that it's art on the body plastic surgery is like the weirdest form of like it's so far on that spectrum that, now. like you're sometimes yeah. playing with people's lives there yeah, you know you're like you want to put a smiley face as a tattoo yeah. i'm actually going to give you a smile like here we go you know what i mean that's kind like of funny yeah so really cool yeah what do you think is there anything that you have been insecure about like you asked me and i was like not really but we've talked about some things in the past right i think before you go i can give you one through puberty and growing up i would say that i have oh you know what i mean you know what i thought you were gonna say i thought you were gonna say something that i should be insecure about you were like you know what i'm gonna give you one and i was like what what is he doing (laughs) (laughs) like damn okay (laughs) just out here yeah her feet are big uh, armpits smell this and that no um me like venture Mm -hmm. growing up and everybody obviously has like that awkward phase of puberty my limbs grew really long (laughs) and my head seemed to be like little like it was a weird small head but like my body kept getting bigger and i think people did comment on that and it was just one of those things where it only lasted like a year or two and then like my head filled out but daniel was the complete opposite (laughs) (laughs) like we should call him later and i wonder if you think he'll answer if i call him no he can do it later okay but yeah yeah, he had this big ass fucking long like like dory from finding nemo long head and then just like little body and he eventually it's kind of funny because now he's so tall that like it makes sense but yeah big fucking head Mm -mm. yeah yeah I don't, I mean, I think like throughout my childhood, it's been like, I want bigger boobs or I want bigger lips. Um, I want like braces. I mean, that's not really like a, a plastic surgery, but just like insecurities, I guess. Um, I wanted like braces. I thought my eyebrows were pretty like uneven, which probably never going to be perfectly even, but, um, but I've kind of grown out grown out of a lot of those things now where i'm just like i don't like i like the way i look and i it wasn't like i didn't like the way i looked but i was like no i i want to tweak this i want to change that now i'm kind of like no i like the way i look that's good yeah i have always been highlighting my hair though if we talk about that oh (laughs) but um but no that was nothing nothing else honestly and it's nothing that i'm like thinking about every day you're like oh my god no my boobs are so small or like there's never it never like consumes my mind at all it's just like sometimes i'm like if i'm putting on a top or something I'm like oh my it would this top would look better if my boobs are bigger and but you know, like it's crazy too because the girl with the big heavies 
will be like, oh my God, this top would look better if my tits weren't so big. It's always, you always want what you don't have Yeah, in a lot of cases. And that's the thing too, is what I think is also, we went shopping with Agnes also, and she was talking about like, oh, some things are too tall, right? Everybody struggles finding jeans. Mm -hmm. Every girl, I don't care what your body type is. Like me today, the jeans I tried on, they were way too short. Exactly. And then there's going to be a short girl that tries them on or a different set and they'll be like, oh my God, these are so long. Right. And these girls think that they're so like unique in that situation of like, oh my God, the curvy girl needs like curvy jeans. Oh my God. And then the thin girl is like, oh, these are way too baggy. I need ones that fit me. Right. It might just be that there's so many fucking jeans. It's hard to find the one, right? Like there's so many options. Yeah. It's not that it's your body is so like different. It's just that there's fucking 30 different types at the store. I get overwhelmed at Madewell. Yeah. How do I find them? And the guy jeans are, are really aren't that crazy. Mm-mm. It's just like pretty much standard. Do you want them baggy or do you want them tighter? Like there's no... Because well, I feel like guys, it, just their bodies in general, it's a pretty basic like standard look of like... Mm-hmm. It's not like you'll find like a curvy guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like well, you well, usually won't find that. I don't know. I think that might just be fashion because guy bodies do vary. There are curvy guys out there, but there's no pressure to have skin tight things. Mm-hmm. Now, if we had to do tailor suits, how much would tailor suits yeah. get varied, right? If you had just, you have to measure it. The neck, like my neck is going to be so much different from Daniel's neck. My arm, but our arms might be like similar, right? Do you but, think though, like if we're looking at jeans or pants, do you think that women win? Yeah. Right. Like I think there is a, a wider range of body types with women compared to guys. Wider range of body types with women compared to guys. I think so. Yeah. Because the, the boob aspect, the butt aspect, and then just like, like the, the waist, waist the hips, yeah. this and that. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. I agree with like, that. Like, yeah, I get it. Guys will have like, yeah, I, I need a big, a wider hip waist area, but it's not like you'll be like, oh, we'll now have gapping in the waist. I just think my theory is that it would be instead of the big difference of like 30% guys and then like 70%, I think it would be very closer if it we were talking about legit dress shirts. Mm. If we're cuz then right. every guy really is my then you neck, have the neck my neck is so big compared to, you know, this and that cuz I have muscles and this and that and like things get different there. So if everything was skin tight, let's say I have like a large in jeans, but yet I have an XL in mm. my chest, things like that, right? Yeah. So that's where it is. But Your neck is something, like when we first started dating, now obviously you like gained weight like yeah. overall. When we first started dating, I was probably 175 pounds, yeah. 180 pounds. Yeah. Um, but your neck for sure, like that's a big like difference of like your neck yeah. is so much wider mm-hmm. now than like three years ago. Yeah. You just put on and it's a lot of it is muscle, mm-hmm. but I mean, just like with the double chin area, yeah. that's just like skin <laughs> and you know I mean? That like, that's a bulking. Now you got to shred and right. do things like that. But yeah, I see it in pictures. Yeah. It's definitely like the neck, just, I mean, everything, everything got bigger and filled out. It took a long time for me to actually like see the guy. Mm-hmm. Cause when 2020 came 2019, like around there, I was like, who's like, who's the guy in the photo? Like, yeah. it's just different. You're bigger, but yeah, I'm like 225 now. So it's like, I don't know, 50 pounds, 40, 50 pounds heavier, but that's just, you develop as a man. Yeah. Now you become like an actual man. It's funny because now it's not an age thing anymore. Like as far as, I don't know how women work, but like we can have, even with the show when they come on, like, Hey, you've even heard people be like, Oh, you're only that age or something like that. With guys, it is like a size thing. Mm -hmm. So much of it really is even in like the dog kingdom, right? We see so many guys come up to Kino and like you see it go south, right? Because it's a size thing. It's mm-hmm. like a, 
how much and can you imagine you can actually smell the level of like testosterone these come so if a guy Crazy. is like oh my god there's this thing that has more than me i have to try to fight it or mm. you know before it gets me but yeah like we come in and it's just like i'm a man you yeah know, like a big man and right yeah it's just kind of funny yeah watching things like that for me you went the opposite i just lost the weight <laughs> yeah. that wasn't that but that was just because i stopped running track and and doing that whole thing having a routine obviously helps out a lot but yeah i just i went the opposite mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't gain weight i just lost weight but yeah. it's okay but you look good though yeah, yeah. thank you it's not that you don't look good but yeah and it's it's like with my body i keep saying like i want to gain weight and this and that but it's not like i dislike the way i look i still very much like my body mm-hmm. it's just i know i know where i can take it yeah and i think that is what it's like Ah, let's get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good place to be. Yeah. Is, you know, understanding that everything's good, but room for growth. Yeah. Right? Do you want to get into my little journal here? Let me hear it. (laughs) Pet peeve time. (laughs) I have an issue with authority. Right. We understand that. We know that. It's documented. We get it. We've gotten into it a lot here. For some reason, my little trigger kind of, it's like a little bell in my head that starts to ring. When we go to self-checkout and that motherfucker acts like he runs self-checkout. You know what I'm talking about? There's always that one guy standing there like... Staring at you, making sure you scan your bag. Scan your shit. And he's like trying to regulate how many bags you got. And then let's say, oh my God, you swipe the tomatoes twice and you try to delete it. You need like his special magic code, which is literally just the last four digits in his phone number. Like, you know what I mean? And he's got to act, okay, you're good now. You're good. Like, no, I fucking know. It's self-checkout, all right? Your job's not that hard buddy like don't act like you're you thank you for your service you know what i mean like don't act like you're out here There's on the front metal. lines yeah i don't like that no i want like what do you think i kind of just want them being there if i need your help you're there you know what i mean like st- just stand in the corner if i need your help i'll let you know hey like it's not scanning or like just be there as support mm-hmm. but the fact that you're like standing like today i felt it at target yeah like the fact that you're standing like in the middle of it all like looking around making sure and, that, I, and like i was like okay well i'm gonna i'm not gonna pay for a bag so let me press zero bags are you gonna fucking say something about that like yeah. there's always like ooh, i don't li- it's like being watched i don't like being watched yeah i just don't like the that. people that take their authority and abuse it mm. so it might be like the movie theater guy or something like that of you know what i mean just like what are some other jobs that you can think of where people have really been just abusing their authority parking people i think Ooh, sometimes i fucking yeah. hate parking people because they always have attitudes too. i don't like those i don't know why they're so bitchy mm-hmm. who else can you think of uh somebody that's like probably breaks people up like no you can have this you can have that mm. the lunch lady i don't know the lunch lady kind of used to rub me the wrong way sometimes really? yeah i don't know any other ones i mean some teachers but I yeah te- honestly teachers are a big one too because yeah. they're really they're a part of the game that's like hey this is your life if you right. suck at this you suck at life yeah and it's like come on now yeah, yeah fuck teachers sometimes yeah. like yeah. those teachers not the good ones right. but yeah those ones we that love really you are... if you're a good one but if you're not a good one no yeah Mm-mm. uh security guards not cops but security guards who yeah. tell me that i can't go in a certain way or i have to go around a certain way things like that it's weird here in america too though because in sweden the security guards can actually arrest you Oh, really? Yeah, like they can arrest you and they'll have you in handcuffs until the cops get there. Like they can arrest you. So they have a little bit more power there. 
here they can't like they can't arrest you like what are they are they gonna be like sit there while we wait for the cops no i'll leave like you know what i mean but like in sweden they can arrest you well i got a message for any swedish security guards out there good luck all right that's all i got to say what i have to say though if we're comparing security guards i will not depend on security guards here because i know damn well in this mall if something goes on the fat black lady that's eating cheetos in the corner you cannot save me for shit. Yeah. You will not be able to fight anyone. You will not be. You can't do anything. You can't so even I'll reach d- for your handcuffs. You <laughs> you might as well just go home. It's yeah. okay. But like the Swedish people, men and women, they're actually fit. Like mm. they they can run, they can fight, they can tackle. Like they're actually fit. Yeah. So I'll give them that. Yeah. I like for that. For sure. I used to always watch these shows in Sweden. It's called um, Tunnelbanan, which is called it's the subway. So okay. they basically filmed. Um, shit happening down in the subway in Stockholm. Yeah. People passing out, people being drunk, people fighting, uh, whatever it might be, like weird that, shit that's going good on. Entertainment, yeah. Where the security people had to break a fight up or arrest someone, take call the ambulance for someone. Someone's passing. Like they have to, you follow that. Sometimes they went kind of crazy, but sometimes yeah, that's a good show. The I show like that one. I liked that I saw was the grocery store one. There was like a shopping Swedish show. Remember, we watched it together. The grocery store. It was like a wall. The your guys's version of Walmart, and I guess they were walking around like oh, people watching. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a fun one. I liked that's, that one. Yeah, you just get to follow weird people. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, biggest hater of all time though is TSA security. Yeah. Yes. There's nobody worse than TSA. Like really you know we were just talking about the tsa i think i was hanging out with emma and um agnes at the coffee shop i think yeah yeah that's what it was and they were asking about like how is tsa how's the security we're talking about airports and just like the process of that Mm -hmm. it's so weird here at lex because sometimes they're so harsh and they're like take your shoes off take your hoodie off take your belt off empty your whole bag they're very on it but then sometimes they're like don't take anything off don't even open your bag yeah. don't take your laptop out it's inconsistent yeah what that but and you still want to scream at me mm-hmm. first of all and that's all it what the confusing part is too is like i they're screaming yelling whatever they're yelling and i'm like i don't see anyone else take their shoes off i don't there's like it's not consistent with what I'm used to. And here's so then I'm yeah. over here trying to ask you, should I take my shoes off? They're like, no, leave them on. And I'm like, well, f- I, damn. <laughs> you see the movie where it's like, take your laptops out, take it, take it off, take it off. And then the lady's like, oh my god, it's crazy. Take it the fuck like, off. Damn. Yeah. Like you'll get so much further in life if you're just nice, calm, and just talk normally, please. Well, here's the weird part is we're like the people flying are actually the ep- like it seems like tsas aren't talking state to state airport yeah. to airport but here's the thing we just left from let's say utah for mm-hmm. example and then we're going utah to lax so i saw how utah security goes and i saw how lax security goes we fucking know what to do mm-hmm. like you might as well just kind of do it but it seems like they're not talking at all like we should should we I have like somebody the officers at the same station aren't even talking to each other yeah the, the people in the line line no, a versus not. line b yeah. doesn't even know <laughs> I guess no you're right. they have yeah. no clue so here's the other and also if you have a and b uh-huh a might yell at you telling you to take your socks off and everything else off and then b it's like just they're go, like bro. just go through yeah and you're like huh what like I might have something on me. You don't know. Yeah. And they're like, no, you're good. We did it's the eye weird. check. Yeah. Isn't it weird? And here's the other part I hate is how like 
hold on, what were we talking about? Before this, it was the old traveling. And then why is it that in order to get like a terrace, if we're looking for the one in a million chance, right, of you finding that terrace, mm-hmm. why do we have to treat 999,999 <laughs> people as if they're a terrace? And then we find the one where like, we got them versus treating everybody nice. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Still having the rigid protocol of right. like, get through, get through, like, get through. Still check the bags, this yes. and that. Because I've only had one good TSA experience in my entire life. And that was the the only good thing that came out of that nightmare of covid traveling oh, yeah. remember you got stuck i was by myself mm-hmm. got rerouted this and that whole bunch of shit went down at new jersey airport or new york airport i can't remember which one it was the tsa lady at the main state in fucking new york like one of the biggest airports in the world smiled and said good job and actually Mm. acknowledged every single human being that went through her stand i saw like 20 people in front of me and she's how are you doing have a great day oh my god i love your jacket and Mm. she's doing all this while she's you know stamping getting the little things beeped okay all right have a nice day oh my gosh how are you doing and she was switching languages you know like you know uh, como estas this and that like speaking and i was like imagine if everybody had this good of an attitude coming through here you would actually feel less nervous about your travel about your your you're, you know, somebody that's like, oh my God, are we going to make it on time? You stress about time mm-hmm. when we're in there. I stress about like, am I going to get like shot and bit yeah. by a dog or something like that? Right. Like, do I have something in my bag? And yeah, it would just be a better experience. You want to know something that like I've kind of noticed is whenever me and Josephine travel together, all the officers are so much nicer. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause they were like, oh, you guys twins. Like there's, there's already something that like they can ask or like try to connect with. Okay. So even if like, whether it's the TSA or if it's the border security thing, uh-huh. um, cause they're the officers at the border security. They're very like, how much money do you have? Do you have over $10,000? Do you have like, like don't joke with them cause uh-huh. they're so fucking lame and boring. I'd be like, look at my shoes, bro. You think I got yeah. over $10,000 with me? Well, cause one time I think we were traveling here and the guy was like, do you have over $10,000 in cash? And my dad was like, I wish like, yeah. you know, and the officer was just like, I'd have been like, hey, just bro. Just looking at him like cold. I got a to-go box for my airport food. Yeah. Right? Like that's where I'm at right, right? now. <laughs> um, but like at those little desks, um, they can already be like, oh, you guys twins? Or like, where'd you go? Did, nice. How would you trip? What's the best thing about Sweden? Like last time I went, they were super nice with that. Hey, that They the, should all be like that. The only Swede that I don't fuck with, or the only Swedish lady that I don't That's fuck like your with passport. was the passport bitch yeah. there. She was so aggressive. And I was like, oh, you better, you, I know where I'm at. You better cool the attitude. All right. Yeah. Calm, don't let me call America over here. I will right? we'll blow this whole fucking country up. You better calm down. I'm going to tell them what they did over here, you know? And yeah, she, where are you at? Where, Cause remember I was there. Like it took me forever to get the like stuff that she wanted. Remember the Wi-Fi oh, the wasn't COVID, connected. Remember yeah. you were out there for a while because well, your phone was turned off. Yeah, and then you didn't have the COVID. It was just a lot exam. of weird. Well, they separated us, and usually you take care of the stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, oh well, let me scramble and get my shit. And yeah, yeah. She was like, wanted to spread my cheeks, wanted to like you know put a finger in there and That's swirl not it around. What happened. But yeah, she did have your passport for a while, and yeah, it was a weird thing. And yeah, I was I standing like there, I was like, what's going on? Like, yeah. Like, they're going to take him. Like, I was like, so oh, weird. What? But I hate those people with, like, abusing their authority. Yeah. Just call it a day and chill. Honestly. But anyways, really good episode. Yeah. I really liked it and liked learning more. Those are the cool right? episodes where we can just have questions. We should have more like that. And, just... and it, wasn't, it wasn't, like, it was very informative, but it wasn't like we were in a lecture. It yeah. was still very, like, 
Shout out to her dog, rock. too. She had such a good yeah, dog that just, like, Sadie. hung out the whole time. Little Sadie girl. Yeah. And she just came in. Yeah. Is it okay? I was like, no, we're super dog friendly. Yeah. Like, if you're okay, you got to understand there's a monster in mm-hmm. here. But, like, if you're cool with him, yeah. we're cool. So, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Well, this has been Natural Thoughts and Talks. I love you. I love you. But I love you more. But I love you the most. But I love you. Ew, we can't this be this much. gross couple. We can't do that. You don't want to be like Kourtney Kardashian? No, ew, ew, and ew, ew. Like, oh my God, babe. You're the best at sitting in that chair. You're the best person to ever sit in that chair. We can't do that. Anyways, bye. Well, I don't love you. <laughs> bye. I hate you. I'm <laughs>